Hello, my very good friends, and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. I thank you so much for taking the time to join me here in a place where tales are traditionally told. This is a place where we can lose ourselves in a tide of tales. This is the place where the stories of old live again. This is the time between times. So let's get right at it, right to it. Let's lose ourselves. Close your eyes if it's safe to do so. And join me as I take you to where myths and legends roam the land, where ghosts flit from shadow to shadow, and where the Tulwith Taig pop out from caves and holes in order to do their mischief. Take a breath, my friends, and imagine you were in the old car park above Rossilly Bay. This is the Gower, one of the most beautiful parts of Wales. Great huge sandy beaches and rocky cliffs overlook the sea. The remains of shipwrecks poke out from the sand, not far away is Pennard Castle, home of the Night Hag, and of course the Mermaid of Pennard. Three Cliffs Bay is nearby, and this is a place when the darkness falls that ghosts walk those paths as often as the living. You step out of your car. You close the door. The wind is blowing on your face. You can just hear the tide washing in far away. Echoes of great waves smash against the cliffs. You walk away, your feet across the sand. There is an old inn in front of you, and next to it a steep path that leads down to the beach. You watch your feet as you walk from side to side, standing over rocks. It twists and turns and suddenly comes out overlooking a glorious bay. Although it is starting to grow dark, the moon shines on a beautiful sandy beach below that stretches into the distance. The tide is half out. The remains of a wrecked ship stick out like a broken tooth. As you walk down, the smell of the sea hits your nostrils. It is growing darker, but you can see now. Nestled in a small cove under the cliff, someone has, someone has lit a fire. The smoke comes up and meets your nostrils, and it relaxes you straight away. For this smell, this feeling, is the one you get when you gather at the fire pit of the heart of the forest. This is a place where you know you will be relaxed. This is a place where you know you will lose yourself in story. As you walk further down, the path grows sandier. It becomes so steep at times that you have to reach out and brace yourself by grabbing holds of clumps of grass but you finally walk down on the pebbles that line the beach. 
Your balance is sometimes shaken as you step over them one at a time and then step onto the sand. You look up. There are cliffs all around. Lights sparkle on the top. But it is almost silent. Just the washing of the sea as you step towards that fire pit, your feet sinking in the sand. As you grow nearer, you see them, your friends gathered, and they call you and welcoming you to join them. They have pulled up some old logs around the fire and are cooking hot dogs. They smile, and you take your place among them, and you take a breath as you feel happy and relaxed. Suddenly, the storyteller stands up, his voice echoing slightly against the cliffs. As he starts his tale, Welcome, my friends, to the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments, in just a few moments, you can reach into the realm of fairies and they can step into our realm. You see, now is the time that people see lights in the sky. Now is the time that people see the Talwith Teg. Now is the time that the ghosts of the past come to visit the living. Now is the time between times. Far away, you can hear the howl of wolves and the growl of bears. But you know you are safe here, right here. The storyteller brings up an old book, its pages just about held together. He speaks about how in a cave not far from here this book was found, filled with stories from hundreds of years ago. The Mabinogi or the Mabinogion. He asks you to sit down and relax as he tells you the tale of Pull the Lord of Arbeth. Pull was a great lord, one of the great, great lords of Wales, one of the wisest men to ever walk these lands. He ruled the kingdom of Arbeth with a wise and kind hand. People from miles around would come and visit him. His days were filled with wise decisions and the governing of his land. But in his heart... He wanted nothing more than to run the wild forest paths and hunt the greatest stags. One day, as the sun was at his zenith, Push decided to sneak out, go out and hunt to clear his mind. He got on his horse, took his pack of dogs and rode off into the forest. He could feel the wind in his face. Far away, he could hear the waves battering against the shore. Here he was happy. Here he could truly be who he wanted to be. It wasn't long before his hounds got the scent of a stag. A huge stag that ruled over the forest like a lord. Great antlers on its head. He caught a glimpse of it as he turned the corner in the woods and the hounds started to chase. 
howling and barking into the wind. His horse started to run after it. He could feel the wind in his face. He could feel the wind in his hair. He had never felt happier. He knew soon he would catch this stag and have another trophy for his great hall. They rode through the trees, they rode over hills, they splashed through the river, and still they ran. He soon became aware of another pack of hounds that were also chasing this great stag. As he rounded a bend in a path, he saw that these hounds were white in aspect, with bright red ears. He wondered what great lord these belonged to, these magical-looking creatures, but still he chased the stag. Finally, as they had run for hours and the sun was starting to set and the moon was starting to rise and the time between times was upon them, his hounds caught the stag and brought it down, the same time as the strange white hounds did the same. Push stopped, got off his horse, and waited for the hounds to finish so he could take his quarry. When suddenly a voice from across the clearing boomed out. Who are you who dares to take my kill? Good sir, called Push. My hounds saw this stag first, and they had the right to hunt for it. Your hounds were truly second. And I, for one, have taken offence. Make good your wrong, good sir, for you owe me a boon now. Very well, if that is what you think is so, what can I do to make up this honour to you? My name is Aroun. I am the lord of the kingdom of Anun. I know who you are, push lord of Arbeth. I wish you to take my place in Anun for a year and a day. You will find the entrance to this realm in the cave, in the cliff overlooking the Bay of Rossili. Make your way down and make your way to my great castle, and there you will stay for a year and a day, in my shape, in my aspect, with my face. Whilst you are there, I have an enemy called Hafgan, and a year from today I will meet him on the ford nearby to fight to the death for the rulership of Anun. But he has a boon upon him, you see. You must only strike him once, for to strike him twice or thrice would see him raise from the dead once more. Will you do this for me? And whilst you are gone, I will sit in your stead on the throne of Arbeth and rule with wisdom and a good hand. Well, it's a lot you ask for me, Arwen. But know this, I will travel to the kingdom of Anun and I will do this for you if you promise to look after my kingdom Lord Aran, I will do the same for yours. And with that, Push went to the cave on his horse with his hounds and looked inside. It was so dark you could not see your hand in front of your face. 
the sea smashed against the rocks as he climbed down and stepped inside. He followed the path down and to the left, back and to the right, until he emerged deep beneath the earth in a kingdom like he had never seen. The lands of Anun were inhabited by the Talwith Teg who danced under the moonlight. Ghosts wandered the path and caused no fright. Great warriors completed great quests. But now he was in the aspect of Araun, and everyone thought he was lord of these lands. He went to Araun's castle at the centre of the kingdom, and there he met with his wife, who, of course, thought her husband had returned. As night fell, she asked Push to come to her bed, like she asked Araun every night. But Push thought for a second, and she was more beautiful than anything he had ever seen before. But in honour, he turned his back and slept on the floor outside the bedroom. Days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months, months turned to a holy year, and although Push wandered the land of Araun with happiness in his heart, he knew that his quest would soon come to an end with his war, his fight, his duel with Hafgan, the enemy king. Every night he slept on the floor outside the bedroom, and on that last day he donned Araun's armour, picked up his sword, and went down to the ford. And there, as the sun started to rise, he met with Hafgan, the greatest, largest, most ferocious warrior he had ever seen. Accompanied by a whole war band of warriors, they cheered as their lord stepped ankle-deep into the water and raised a sword bigger than anything Push had ever seen. Summoning all his courage and his war band, he stepped into the water as well, and as the sun started to reach in the sky, their swords clashed in the water. The battle raged throughout the day, Afghan getting the upper hand, followed by Push doing the same, until the sun started to set, and Push swirled around and caught Afghan with a lucky blow underneath his armpit. His blood fell into the water and it turned bright red and the great warrior fell to the ground, injured. He looked up and called to Push. Lord Aram, I ask that you strike me and finish this, for I have been a man of honour and you can slay me now. Push raised the sword to bring it down again, but then Aram's words echoed in his mind. One strike, and only one strike. He pulled his sword away, turned his back, and walked onto the banks of the river. Afghan's warband went and dragged him from the water, and took him back to whence he came, defeated, and never to challenge for the throne of Anon again. Push went back to Aran's castle, stepped inside the hall, took off his armour, Aran's wife, again that night, asked him to come to her bed. But again, he slept on the floor outside the door. That night, he bid farewell to everyone and turned around and made his way back to the cave. He took one last look at this magical land where some of the paths were paved with gold and there were more stars in the sky than sand on the beaches. 
and the moon smiled down from above. And he stepped into the cave, made his way up and to the left, back and to the right, until he emerged once again in the kingdom of Arbeth. And there in front of him was Aran, dressed in Pull's own clothes. I have watched you, and how you have governed my land. I am grateful for your defeat of Hafgan, and the courage you showed, and the wisdom to only strike him once. I have governed your land as wise as I can. I have hunted with your hounds, and taught them not to chase someone else's quarry. But Pull, what surprised me the most, what cheered me the most, is that when my wife asked you to come to bed with her, you did not, out of respect for both her and me. You are a true friend. It was there outside the cave they both embraced and went their separate ways. Push back to Arbeth, around back to Anun. And that would end our story from the first branch of the Mabinogion, written down in the Middle Ages by monks closeted away. But, my friends, at the crux of this story is the joining of two worlds, the kingdom of Anun and the kingdom of Arbeth, and now, of course, Cymru in Wales. It is because of the friendship between Pull and Aran it is because of the honour showed to both of them that the magic of Anun seeps into the land of Wales. That is why the Tulwith Teg float amongst the trees. That is why the ghosts walk these paths. That is why the tales are so rich and so magic. Because the portal to Anun is always open as it was on that day many years ago. And that, my friends, is the story of Pull and Aran, told to you by me, Owen Staten, at the Time Between Times. I hope you enjoyed that tale, my friends. If you wish to support me, why not leave a review, telling people how much you enjoyed the show. I have a Ko-fi channel at www.kofi.com forward slash Owen Staten. Buy me a coffee, I would really appreciate it. Or join my growing band of patrons at patreon.com forward slash Owen Staten 7. I am so glad that you choose to spend your time here. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen S. Griffiths. I am so happy for your company. Take care, my friends. No stop.